0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Being Inspired Radio Show. I am Amanda Johnson, your host, and I am continuing what I started in previous episodes, reading my book, Becoming Enough, A Heroine's Journey to the Already Perfect Self, so that you might get a chance to listen to these words that flowed through me and that chose me to be their author and to put them down in paper or to record them in an audio like this. If you haven't already listened to the previous episodes, I have read the preface introduction, chapters one and chapter two. I invite you to listen to this one or pause, go check out the others, and then come back, whatever feels right for you. And so today, part one, the call, I will continue with chapter three. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Chinese proverb. Chapter 3. Accepting the Call I finally caved, probably from pure exhaustion. I was fed up with not feeling enough, tired of constantly analyzing myself and seeing what needed to be worked on next. I was done thinking that the only answer was found in doing more or trying harder. I was having brunch with a couple of friends in San Francisco, divulging some of my frustration. We launched into a fairly philosophical and spiritual conversation about our lives and how we were feeling. Eventually, my friend said, Have you read The Power of Now? It sounded vaguely familiar, but I had to admit, I hadn't. Something nudged me to order it immediately, and so I did. A few days later, I was talking with another friend of mine who was in town visiting her boyfriend. As it tends to happen with me, the conversation turned toward our views on life and what it all means. She said, I just started reading this book. I think you'd love it. It's called The Untethered Soul. Again, this voice within said, get it now. Within the month, I read both books back to back, devouring the wisdom they contained. It felt like a huge breath of fresh air, as if a weight were lifted off of me. Both The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle and The Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer pointed to the power of awareness, of observing what is. These are not the only two books in the world, and certainly not the first, to speak about this. I had heard about the importance of being present and aware of things plenty of times before, yet for some reason, as I flipped through these pages, underlining gem after gem, writing in the margins, it finally clicked. Not necessarily have the pleasure of meeting a Yoda, I did, but recommended two great books by dear friends of mine. I was. The student was ready, so the teacher arrived. We are each ready to hear the whisper in our own time. As A Course in Miracles says, you will awaken to your own call, for the call to awake is within you. It may look different or adhere to a different timeline, but we can't escape it. We each will awaken eventually. We each have our own rock bottom, a moment when we are energetically, spiritually, or physically forced to take a look at our life and examine how we are choosing to live. My rock bottom was not as deep as some, but it was deep enough. I may not have been lying in a ditch or overdosing on poisons or in a near-death accident to wake up and accept the call. This is not to suggest that my awakening was better than someone else's. I say this because I think it's important to realize that it doesn't always come to that. For some of us, we might not need to create a nightmare from which to awaken. Being asleep is enough. It's enough to be fed up with things feeling kind of shitty at times, to walk around numb or disconnected from life. It's enough to say, why am I making things so hard? There has got to be another way. It's enough to say, just because I have a lot to be grateful for doesn't mean I can't awaken even more to the truth within. My awakening was spurred by a much more subtle nudge. I simply got to the point where I was fed up. I had had enough of not being enough. I was done with the suffering and the struggle that on some deep level, I knew I was creating. My life was good by so many people's standards. I had a boyfriend, a respectable job, and a respectable income. I lived in one of the greatest cities in the world, was healthy, beautiful, well-liked, creative. Why was I having such a hard time? Why was this not enough? How much more did I need to suffer? This was my doorway into seeing the truth, my first pinprick of light. If my life was considered so good, why was I choosing to suffer in this way? I was covering up this light with an obsession for fixing, perfecting, doubting, and comparing. Our portal to accepting our soul's work differs. Instead of alcoholism or workaholism, I chose perfectionism. Judgment appears in each of these disguises. It doesn't matter whether we choose a pint of ice cream, a bottle of vodka, hours of screen time, or mentally spinning in circles to create our own suffering. Each of these distracts us from the truth that we are ultimately avoiding. We are already enough. We might not at first recognize how difficult we are making things when we carry our shields of judgment and operate from a belief system that who we are is not enough. We might not recognize it because it seems so normal. Yet if we get quiet, even for a moment, and look around us, we begin to realize that it is not the natural way of things. There is no judgment in nature. Judgment is a human-made dis-ease. Nature simply observes. The sun doesn't discriminate which seed or tree it shines upon. Natural disasters don't seek revenge, they simply are. Seeds sprout or they don't. The wind blows or it doesn't, it simply is. It is our humanness that judges it as good or bad, right or wrong. When I read the words of Eckhart Tolle and Michael A. Singer, they spoke directly to this knowing. They reflected back to me what it means to simply observe what is and how common it is to create our own suffering when in judgment. It was exactly what I needed in that exact moment. I learned something that I had not been ready to learn before. I was reminded of a whole other dimension, a whole other way of being, The very thing I had been looking for was reflected back to me in these books. I was ready to remember my true nature, which is non-discriminatory and simply observes what is. I knew I was ready and had had enough when the wisdom I was receiving finally made sense. It was like a light bulb went on. It felt as though I was reading something that was written specifically for me or that I myself could have written. If this isn't the case... It just means we are not quite ready to receive the teaching being shared, or it isn't truth, at least not for us. Be patient. It will arrive and resonate when you are ready. It's a process of peeling away layer after layer of illusion that we have been wearing as armor for most of our lives. I knew I was ready when I kept seeing patterns reemerge in my life. The same stuff kept happening to me. I felt limited in the same ways again and again. I felt confused and stuck. This is not how we are naturally designed to feel. These are indicators that we need to awaken to our call, to our already perfect self. Life doesn't have to get so bad before this awakening can occur. Do not fool yourself into thinking, like I did, that my life isn't that bad. Notice if you have a belief deep down that you have not yet suffered enough or you are somehow addicted to your suffering. Until we are willing to observe that, we will continue to resist our soul's longing. If you are curious that there is possibly another way, listen to that voice. Let that pinprick of light be the portal for you to reveal your true self within. Allow yourself to be ready and willing. Teachers come in all shapes and sizes. I have been blessed with numerous mentors who have shaped and guided me along this journey, preparing me to be ready to receive my assignment. It would be dishonest or even ignorant of me to suggest that it was only one person or moment that changed the course of my life. Yet, when I attempt to boil it down to that moment when things shifted for me, I point to these two books. We can often look at different points in our lives as the moment before and the moment after. Eckhart Tolle and Michael A. Singer served as the delineation between my life before, living under the illusion of judgment, and my life after living in the reality of observing what is. These books served as a pivotal point in my life. I do not suggest that these books will do the same for you. It is less about the teacher or the specific content and more about the readiness and willingness of the student. When we are ready, the teacher, in whatever form with whatever content, will arrive. If I had read these books at a different point in my life, they may not have had the same impact. It is not so much about which mentors we meet as much as when they come into our lives and how they serve us that makes the greatest impact. These two books appeared as a validation for me. They encouraged me to keep going by energizing me. While listening to a podcast one day, I heard how aha moments are not intended to be the answer, but rather serve as the energy needed to keep moving forward. This is what these books offered me. A slew of aha moments. Our mentors are not teaching us anything new. They are simply reflecting back to us what we already know as fuel to keep going. As Eckhart Tolle reminds us, the teacher and the student create the teaching. At first it might not feel like that, but that is what is happening. Even you reading this book or listening to this book is not teaching you anything you do not already know within. If something resonates with you, it means you already have some recognition of the truth. I am simply reflecting it back to you. The more you seek out mentors, or the more times these gems of wisdom are reflected back to you, the more aware you will become of the knowing that resides within. We can only receive what we already have. As I continued to be reminded of what my soul already knows through my mentor's reflections, the pinprick got bigger and bigger, offering me more and more courage to accept the already perfect self within. I would need this courage because it was going to be one hell of a ride. The acceptance was not the answer. It was the invitation. Acceptance was the energy I needed to continue on my journey. I still had a long road to travel and would need all the energy I could get, which was found in having these gems reflected back to me time and time again. This is how mentors continue to support us on our journey. They serve as our reminders, our cheerleaders, our challengers. They offer us truth in whatever form we are ready and willing to accept. They reflect back to us where we are still blocking the light and refusing to accept our innate brilliance. They challenge us to go to deeper levels of awareness. They offer us a chance to observe how we perceive ourselves based on how we perceive them. When we are in judgment of another, it is because we are in judgment of ourselves. This means we still have more layers to peel back before we can fully reveal the unblemished soul within. Our mentors offer us this opportunity. After Eckhart Tolle and Michael A. Singer, it was Byron Katie, Marianne Williamson, Wayne Dyer, Gay Hendricks, Thich Hahn, and numerous others who served as reflections. It was other spiritual texts that I read and explored. It was my soul sisters and mentors who I journeyed with in person and across space and time through the gift of technology. It was my family and friends who all serve as mirrors for me. Soon, I would discover that every person in my life is my teacher, serving as a reflection, offering me the energy and courage to keep moving forward on this journey today and the next day and the day after that. At first, hearing the whisper is not always a conscious choice. Sometimes our soul quietly guides us there. You might notice that you get this strange feeling that you ought to do something or go somewhere or talk to someone these are clues to pay attention to as you awaken to your soul's longing. For me, I paid attention to books my friends would recommend or hearing about the same thing multiple times in a row. Listening to the voice within is like a scavenger hunt of sorts, following a trail of breadcrumbs being laid out in front of you. It wasn't as if I sat down one day and said, "Okay, I am ready to accept my call. There was nothing profound or prophetic about it. It was an acknowledgment quiet pact I made with my soul while sitting on my couch in my studio apartment in San Francisco. It was furiously underlining and highlighting words that were jumping out at me in the books I was reading. It was paying attention to the synchronicities of my life and taking one step at a time. It was an ongoing practice to hear a murmuring deep within and sometimes have the courage to listen to it. I began to observe things instead of getting carried away by them. I started to get curious as opposed to critical. I started to redefine perfectionism, demystify doubt, and clarify comparison. I practiced saying yes when something felt in alignment and no when it didn't. I learned how to tell the two apart. I was gentle with myself. I continued to read books and listen to teachers who pointed to the same truth over and over again. I started to experience what they kept pointing to in my own life this encouraged me to keep going. Once I finally accepted what I was being asked to do, there would be layers upon layers of armor to remove. The armor doesn't magically disappear with a wave of a wand after becoming reacquainted with my soul. The reunion merely grants permission to explore and remove the pieces one by one. Finally, I am ready to accept the murmurings deep within. It wasn't until I met mentors who reflected back to me what it truly means to observe what is, that I was brave enough to let it be just that. By being more and doing less, I began to notice how I am already enough without figuring it out or trying harder. I still had friends, a job, a boyfriend, an apartment, and countless things to be grateful for without judging or doing more. I was still okay. This was a critical lesson for me to learn. If I can simply observe what is without trying to change it or improve it and still be at peace, then what else is possible? Looking back, I now see how each moment of my life led me to meeting the mentors and listening to the murmurs the exact moment I did. The only reason it didn't happen sooner was because I wasn't yet ready. Each of us has our own unique timeline on our own unique journey. For some. Your awakening may happen like a flash of lightning. For others, it may be a slower unlearning as you continue to receive the invitation over and over again. There is no one way to listen to the quiet whisper. No ideal time frame. No mistakes. Each step you take, each book you read, each person you meet, each relationship you have is exactly as it is meant to be. Leading you to your mentors, your aha moments your willing acceptance. The way you allow the pinprick of light to expand and let light in is by observing yourself, paying attention, looking for the clues, finding the patterns, discovering the lessons, receiving the messages, and being comfortable being uncomfortable. While it is certain you will awaken, the path itself is ripe with uncertainty. It does not come with instructions. There is no map. The call invites you to embark on a journey with no pre-established paths, no pre-arranged rules, and certainly no certainty. Once the quest has begun and the treasures discovered, the certainty you have been looking for is revealed. It has been with your perfect self the whole time. But not certainty as in, I know the job I have will last forever, or the relationship I am in will last forever, or the experience I am having will last forever. That is a certainty based on permanence that does not exist. The type of certainty that is awaiting you on your journey is a deeper certainty, a knowing with a capital K that you are already perfect and there is nothing you can or cannot do to change that. A certainty that you are tended and always will be. Your soul's calling will start to make itself known in the recurring messages you receive. There are different ways to get curious about your mission. It might be asking, what behaviors or circumstances continue to upset me? What is the thing I most look for outside of myself? What is the thing I most fear being without? Who am I being introduced to? Do they represent something I wish I had? What is that thing? Are you being asked to reveal and accept the goodness you already have within the love, value, beauty, wisdom, support, freedom, strength, or peace that already exists deep within you? This question is a great doorway to being more and doing less. What would happen if instead of doing something to create peace, you simply observe it deep inside and notice how you are still okay when things are chaotic? Or instead of doing something to receive love, You simply observe it deep inside and notice how you are still okay when someone rejects you. There is a reason we hear the same truths over and over again. It's not because we're deaf or dumb or immune to growth. It's because we're being pointed to our life lesson. Even as we heed it, we will continue to learn the same lesson time and time again. It's like a corkscrew, each new turn being on the same path just a new depth to explore, a new opportunity to recommit to accepting what is in each and every moment. What I have come to terms with on my journey is there is no wrong answer. All of it is part of my evolution. All of it is for my highest good. I heeded the voice within when I was ready for another way. That simple. When I was ready to end my suffering, reveal the perfection within, and see things as they are and not how I want them or think they should be. This is when I took all that I had learned and opened the door to the next stage of my journey. This is when I crossed over into a new way of being, a special world where I chose to perceive things differently, observe as opposed to judge, and lay down my shields so I could remember I already possessed that for which I am fighting. Accepting the call doesn't happen only once, it happens every day. I recommit to my assignment moment by moment, for it is only in this moment that acceptance can occur. Acceptance is the beginning, not the end. It opens the door to a whole new world. And there you have it, friends. That concludes chapter three and part one of Becoming Enough, a heroine's journey to the already perfect self. And if you enjoyed what you heard and you'd like to read the text, you can buy it now on Amazon in paperback or Kindle and keep an eye out for the audio version, which will be coming out sooner than later. In the meantime, you can keep tuning in to the Being Inspired radio show where I will be sharing more chapters from the next two parts of this book. And I hope that you felt it rang true for you. I trust that it touched you in some way. And I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this text that, um, again, selected me to be its creator, its author. And uh, until next time, many blessings.